Hello and welcome to a podcast where you're invited to join Jason Van Ruler, a speaker, coach, and licensed therapist with over eight years of experience invested in getting people back on track and keeping them there. That's right. It's okay. What's next? And this is the first episode of season two. Season two will answer your questions on how to maintain a healthy romantic relationship, an area Jason specializes in professionally. To get helpful food for thought and give your input on content, follow Jason on Facebook and Instagram at jason.vanruler and listen at the end of this podcast to learn how to get helpful advice and strategies sent straight to your inbox. Hey everyone, welcome back to season two, episode one of the OK What's Next podcast with Jason Van Ruler. I am a friendly therapist, speaker, and coach. And I'm Jason Sidekick Jewel Joy, a completely unqualified individual, just like most people who are probably listening. And between the two of us, we are going to talk a little bit about what does it mean to be in a healthy relationship? Relationships are vitally important. I speak about this. I help couples with this. And I also just help individual people struggling to better connect and determine a healthy relationship. And so I've dedicated a lot of my life to working on how to best define this and help people get there. And so I'm pretty passionate about it. First thing we're going to start off with is probably the most practical question, which is just what does a healthy relationship actually look like? Now, that's a ridiculous question, Jewel. <laughs> I actually have no idea. I can't tell you anything about that. This is going to be a short podcast. This is going to be a super short podcast, so I hope you've enjoyed it so far. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> we're actually going to go through it a little bit more. So what is a healthy relationship? I think this is a really difficult question for some people, and it kind of depends on what you grew up with, right? So you may have grown up in a situation where you haven't seen healthy relationships, or maybe you're surrounded by people who don't have healthy relationships. And so that question is really important at the beginning to kind of determine like, what are we doing here? And so I think I could spend hours probably talking about a healthy relationship, probably lose a lot of listeners by that time. But I'm just going to go over some kind of key points. It involves respect. It involves trust empathy, the ability to hear other opinions, resolve conflict. I think shared goals are really important and principles. I think obviously attraction and intimacy are really important parts too. And I think communication, that's one that I hear so often from couples. If your communication's out of whack, it's really tough to have a healthy relationship. Like even if you guys go well together, if you're not able to communicate that, then there's still a breakdown. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's something when I see couples, it's always an issue that they bring up is communication. And so I think if we can't even speak the same language, we're going to have a lot of difficulty getting to a place where we both want to be. And it's kind of like the time I went to Mexico and attempted to order food from a restaurant. And I think I told them that I had a shoe in my underpants <laughs> and uh, they didn't bring it to me, thankfully, but it was the very shoe? awkward. Yeah, it was very <laughs> awkward for all of us. And they just sort of looked at me and I realized at that moment, like, we're not speaking the same language, right? <laughs> I am struggling deeply to try to come up with something, but it's not connecting. And so I think sometimes if we're not careful, our relationships get that way, too. Maybe we're not asking for a shoe in our underpants, but we're asking for something that we just can't get. And it makes this huge disconnect. So if we have some of the more common characteristics that people know, okay, that should be in a healthy relationship. Maybe what are some more of the unique things that we might not be thinking about should be in one? So I think a lot of people, if they sit down, they can probably consider what are some healthy elements. Everyone probably can come up with that. I think for me, though, what I've seen through my clinical experience and just life experience are some things that are maybe unique or unexpected, which are you don't always have to resolve every fight. So sometimes we have this idea that a relationship is really perfect when 
we're always on the same page. We always agree. And that actually causes a lot of problems, if you can imagine that, because sometimes we're just not going to agree. And that stinks. And I think we can sort of grieve that. But the reality is that we're all wired different. And so while that's attractive in some ways to be with someone wired differently, it's also radically annoying sometimes. And so at the end of the day, we're not always going to agree. And that's actually okay. John Gottman, who's this big, big name in relationships and has done a lot of research, he's actually come up with some of the healthiest couples. They, they just agree they don't have to resolve everything. So I think that's one thing that's really important. So a healthy relationship can actually include problems. You're saying that that can be an element of it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to, right? Because that's just life. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, life is messy. And so we can't do away with the messiness, nor would we want to, because that's actually the thing that causes a lot of growth for us is messiness and discomfort. So we need to have that, but we also need to know what to do with it. So... If someone feels like they're flawed or they're already dealing with their own problems, that doesn't necessarily push aside the ability for them to have a healthy relationship. It's just how they address those within it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So I hear from people sometimes they say, well, I'm not in a good spot to have a healthy relationship. And I just think, when is a good spot, right? <laughs> like, when does that happen? And for some people, I mean, there are times or seasons in our life where maybe we aren't where we want to be or we're not in a place where we can have a relationship. But when I often hear that from people, they're actually okay to have a relationship. It's more of an issue of self-doubt. And so the thing is, is that you're never going to be perfect in a relationship. You're never going to be exactly where you want to be, probably. And so we need to give ourselves some grace and just say, like, that's actually not required to have a healthy relationship. But I think what is required is awareness of that and a willingness to do something about it. That's where I hear people struggle a little bit is it's one thing to know about some problems you're having, but it's another thing to do something about that. And so knowing how to resolve conflict or knowing how to work through things or work towards improvement is vitally important in a healthy relationship. Hmm. I know in your practice, you talk to couples a lot about their relationships with each other. How often does it come up that someone's childhood struggles kind of get pulled into that relationship? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I would say really most of the time. And that's something that I think over time has become less popular. I think we all want to believe that we're different than our upbringing or that somehow it wasn't as impactful, especially if it's a negative one. I think if we've had a positive upbringing, we're usually really, really excited to tell people about that and we want to replicate it. And if it hasn't been, I think then we usually move to this place where we say like, oh, that has no effect on me, right? But the truth is it does because we're always learning. You know, there's that great quote that says, give me a child until they're seven and I'll tell you what kind of life they'll lead. And I think it's really true of us too. So if you've grown up with a family where there's divorce or there's really a lot of chaos or broken relationships or fractured relationships, how do you not see that? How are you not influenced by that? And that doesn't make you a bad person, but it means we're a product of our upbringing. And so I'll see clients and they'll have had years of training in what not to do, right? They'll kind of be an expert in if you want to break up, this is how you do it, but they don't really know how to stay together. And that's not anything to be ashamed or embarrassed about. It just means you have to kind of learn some of those components. I have a good friend that says we're always reacting to or reflecting our childhood. And so we get to make that choice about our relationships. Do we want to reflect 
our parents' relationship. And some people would say, absolutely. Oh, they had a wonderful marriage. Or other people would say, man, I'm kind of reacting to that. Like, I want to do everything different. And so I think there's room for both. But we have to kind of acknowledge that, like, yeah, that actually did make an impact on us because it's what we witnessed as being a relationship. It's how we define it. Is that why it's so important for a partner to kind of know more about your background, where you came from, or what you were like as a child so they better understand you? Yeah, absolutely. So with that better understanding comes some insight and awareness. And so what we're not looking to do is to justify things or excuse actions, right? So we don't say, well, I got to know you better and you had kind of a rough upbringing and your parents were bad examples for relationships. And so therefore you're off the hook. That's not what we're going for. But what we're going for is trying to connect with the person where they're at and what their experience has been. And so if you connect with your person and you realize like, They grew up in a place that was like deeply chaotic. The relationship between their parents was on again and off again. It doesn't excuse it, but it starts to explain why when they get close to you, they might feel compelled to run away. Or they might do things that push you away because that's what they've learned to do. And so when we have stuff like that, again, not excusing it, but it helps us to have some awareness and start to work through that. Because we really can't work to improve any of the stuff unless we both know where we came from. And so I'm not saying you have to do a background check. <laughs> Maybe, actually, that might not be a terrible idea. But what I, I am saying... that'd be a great way to build trust in the beginning. No. It's like, by the way, I ran a background yeah. check on you and some things came up I think we should talk about. <laughs> Would you just fill out this piece of paper and sign it, please? No particular reason. Yeah, I can tell um, you later. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to do that. But I think we do have to have an understanding because without understanding each other's story and who have been our role models for relationships, we're going to have a really difficult time. So you mentioned that having problems in a relationship doesn't actually mean that it's a bad relationship, but it can actually add to how healthy it is depending on how you address them. Are there any other things that we might not think of that might be elements of a healthy relationship? So one of the things that comes up a lot, and this is going to sound perhaps odd coming from a therapist, but there doesn't have to be a problem all the time. I see a lot of clients and sometimes will do some really significant work And they'll kind of get to a place where arguably things are like kind of okay. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, well, wait, wait, wait. Actually, now there's this huge other problem we have to work (laughs) on. And so I think for therapists, it's great because like they're great long-term clients, right? You could keep them in therapy for like the rest of their life. But personally, I just feel like there doesn't always need to be a problem. Like there's such a thing as wanting to be better, but not having to be better in our relationship. And so I think it's really good to always work to improve But we don't have to do that from the standpoint of we're always broken. There's always a problem. We can kind of say, like, I just want to get better. So you're not saying that you want people to plateau, just that you don't want them to be a relationship hypochondriac. I really like that. Yeah, you should totally coin that term. Yes, (laughs) I don't want you to do that. And I I think sometimes we learn these skills of kind of analyzing, and, and that can be really, really helpful. But it's kind of like a magnifying glass. You know, you can use that to examine stuff. Or you can use it to burn an ant on the ground, right? So I mean, we can we can look closer or we can kill something. And so I think there's a season for both. I think sometimes we have to look closer. And then sometimes I tell clients like, hey, we don't have to burn an ant to death here. Like today, we can take it out of the sun and just kind of put it away for a minute and just relax and savor what we have. Is there a healthy balance between using a magnifying glass on yourself versus using it on your partner? 
Yeah, that's true too. So part of this is, I don't know about you, but I'm always way more apt to use a magnifying glass on my partner. Like that is always way more fun is to say, hey, <laughs> you know, actually what I think you're struggling with is this. I really appreciate that because that gets me off the hook. But we need to do it for ourselves. So I tell people that the best relationships that they're going to have or the best potential is when they're in the best spot. So if you feel like your person is not doing work, it's totally frustrating. I get that. But at the same time, what work are you doing? Because if you're approaching it from a really healthy place and you're your best self, the chances are that other person is going to fall in line and do the work too. But if you wait for them to do the work that you think they need to do, I hate to tell you or break it to you, but they're probably not going to do it, or at least not on your timeline. And so sometimes in relationships, we have to lead. And if we want it to be really healthy, we need to show the other person how that looks. Mm. I think the plane flying overhead agrees that. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, really want to put an exclamation point on that with the overhead, uh, <laughs> the, the airplane. So if you're hearing that, uh, even the airlines agree with me on this. You have to take responsibility for your own stuff. They're putting their little input in there like, we Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. <laughs> How often does this work out? I mean, you're dealing with relationships all the time with your practice. What's the success rate on relationships? Yeah, so I think statistically speaking, one of the stats is that 70% of unmarried relationships fail in the first year. Want, want. That's pretty depressing. Marriage usually is about a 50-50 gamble. Again, super depressing. I tell clients that I think I'm brilliant, so I probably have way better <laughs> odds than that. But joking aside, I think it really comes down to what your commitment is. If you're committed to a healthy relationship and making it work, you usually can. If you are committed to your partner doing the work and you kind of hanging out until they figure it all out, it's going to be very difficult and it might not work out. The other thing that I think is maybe not spoken about is just some relationships don't work, right? Some relationships, unfortunately, we meet someone when we're in a particular season and then we change or they change and now we're in two different places. And so not all relationships are going to work just inherently. But I think if you want your relationship to work or especially marriage, I think you have to do the work to keep that going. So say if you're going to 360 view of a healthy relationship, what would you say are the three top things that you would think would kind of qualify as something that's really thriving? I think shared goals and principles and commitments or values. So I, I think we want to be aligned heading in the same direction is vitally important. I think communication is vitally important. And then I think intimacy. And I know people listening might say, like, oh, intimacy, what are we going to talk about today? Not that kind of podcast. Sorry to disappoint. The kind of podcast this is, is intimacy includes like six different areas. And so, yes, it could be physical, but also emotional, experiential. There's other places where we connect. So we need to be able to connect. We need to be heading the same direction and we need to be able to talk about it. If someone's listening and they're saying that sounds fantastic, but that's not what I have, what should they do? You're totally in trouble and screwed. It's, it's <laughs> awful. Uh, it's over. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> Just hang up the phone, leave now. Pretty much. Here's the deal. I do my job because I have a lot of hope and I do my job because I see people be successful. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. It'd be really, really depressing and a terrible job. So I do this because I believe it can get better. And I think most people listening are going to relate to some element where they say, I don't have that. You know, I'll be honest with you. As I talk about all these things, I go, I'm maybe not always great at that. Like, I know that, but I maybe am not always decent at that. And so if you're hearing this and you go, wow, actually, this is really bad. Okay, yeah, I hear you. What can we do about it? So I'm always going to come back to 
yeah, let's make some space and acknowledge that. But then just recognize, like, we can do some work around that. It can get better. So you might say, okay, what's next? (laughs) I might say that. Yeah, I might say that. And then just kind of say, what's your plan? I know my clients get super annoyed because I say that all the time, but maybe your relationship isn't in a healthy spot. Or maybe you don't even have a relationship. Maybe you're just listening to this and you're like, I'm just curious about like what that would look like. I'll meet you where you're at. That's okay. But then what do we do about it? What are maybe some things that we can ask ourselves if we're thinking about reevaluating where we are in a relationship? Yeah. So I think kind of knowing for yourself, what does a healthy relationship look like? I think that's important because it's going to be a little different for all of us. Who would we put as a couple on the cover of the Wheaties box just to make it old guy reference, right? <laughs> like if we were going to dream to be a certain couple, who would we want to be? Obviously, some names are going to come to mind, even celebrity names. But really, who do we want to be? And do we know them well? And then I think also, why is that? So if you could have a relationship like somebody else, why would you want it to be that way? And have you had something like that? So we kind of have to examine what is healthy. What do we want it to look like? And then what's something I could do to make that better? And the reason I tell you what's something you could do to make it better is because we, unfortunately, and this is a bummer for me, we can't control other people. So you might hear this and say, this is such a good podcast for my spouse to listen to. I really hope they listen to it and figure things out. And I'm going to say, right on, I'm with you. And that's probably not going to happen. So what can you do? And I think, you know, most people... They might not know the exact plan, but there's a thing, there's something inside you that's telling you one thing you could do to work towards health. And so I'm just going to challenge you to do that. Great. Sounds like a great place to start and kind of reevaluate where you are and then decide to pick up and go somewhere better. Yeah, absolutely. And just acknowledge that maybe this is a season where you're a long way from where you want to be, or maybe you're hearing this and you're in a place where it's better than ever and you love it. And both are okay, because I think life and kind of the rhythm of life, we're going to have both of those times. And so wherever this is catching you, great. If it's catching you in a place where it doesn't look good, we're going to have to talk a little bit about how do we get back to good. If we're catching you in a place where everything's wonderful and fantastic, then the goal becomes how do we stay there and really make that a long-term season instead of just something short. So I think as we work through this season, we're going to do that. We're going to talk to different guests. I'm going to give you some strategies and tactics for how to have the kind of relationship that you want to have, even if you're starting from scratch. So even if you're just like, I have no clue, Jason, I'm going to help you put it together. If you're hearing this and you're in a great spot, I'm going to help you stick with it and keep that relationship. So we'll talk more about that. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you for joining us on OK What's Next. If you have thoughts on today's episode, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. To get Jason's newsletter, go to at jason.vanruler on Instagram and tap the link in his bio. If you'd like to book Jason or learn more about his experience, go to jasonvr.com. Next week, we start to dive into what happens when you recognize, okay, that was great, but my relationship is not where it needs to be. Until then, stay happy and healthy and have a great week.